If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. The Potoskiu Podcast is a proud member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Support for Potoskiu Podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Yo, 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 jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Yo, 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 what are you, Paulie from Rocky Five? <laughs> no, I'm Rocky, you know, untrim- untrimmed pubes, you know, are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Dude, I, I am always afraid of of hurting myself when I'm cleaning down there, man. I almost nicked the once, man. That shit hurt. Oh, damn, that's just scary. It always stings afterwards, too. Yeah. That's what always Well, that's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0, I know it's scary to call it a lawnmower, (laughs) but it's got advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower, which is fucking great for me, dude, because I I hate trimming it and jumping back in the shower. I just want it done, especially if I'm in a rush. So the Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their Perfect Package 2.0, which means if you don't think of yourself as having a perfect package, you get an actual perfect package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. You don't want to use the same trimmer on your face that you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver and an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. No, they don't. <laughs> Speaking of sweat and stinky balls, I am thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Reserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help you set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped high-performance anti-shaving boxer briefs. You mean anti-chafing, not anti-shaving. The whole point of this is shaving. I didn't say shaving. I was doing the British thing for Henry. The, the British thing. Okay. Well, tis the season of Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. I can't imagine get- if you gave this thing to your dad. Hey, Dad, I got you a gift for Christmas. Christmas? The fuck is Christmas? Well, here, it's a gift for you. What is this? It's a ball trimmer. You know, it helps, you know, keep everything. I'm 80. What the fuck do I care? Anyways, 
You get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. By the way, that is one word. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BIGHEADS. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Welcome everyone to the Podescu Podcast. I am CJ. With me as always are both my hetero life mates, Rico and Logo Mike. What's up, guys? What's going on, y'all? What's up, Rico? What's What's up? <laughs> so, we are here together for the first time in a while, Mike. It's been a minute since you've been here. It's been a hot minute, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's glad to have you back, though. We're glad to have you back. So it's it's good to be it's back. It's been a fucking minute since I've been here. Yeah, but nobody missed you. So <laughs> <laughs> how you feeling, buddy? I know you've been sick. How you doing? I'm I'm feeling much better. I'm still probably gonna have a lingering cough, and so I'm gonna be here rattling my teeth. There's cough drops and tea and all that shit. So, but uh, yeah, I was I I lost my voice, dude. I sounded like fucking Harvey Fierstein. You did. I, I actually. For those who probably realize, Rico and I talk. So yes, I heard that he sounded terrible. And why, in God's name, you tried to sing on Twitter like that was beyond me. But Jesus Christ, buddy! Because people were like, I said because people were like saying you should sing a carol. Like uh, Arlen was saying you should sing a song, and I said if I sang right now, I sound like fucking Harvey Thirsty. So I just wanted to show. Like, have yourself a <laughs> It was bad, dude. But that's because of your bad. voice. Yeah. Um, so we got a lot to get into. Today's kind of like a pre-Christmas Christmas episode that we're going to be doing because it's part of our uh, festival December months. And before we get into all that, there is something I Rico and I want to do. We... Um, we have a, a presentation, if you will, for uh, Mike. So, Mike, what? we got you a Christmas present, buddy. What the heck is this? It's a Christmas <laughs> present from Rico and I. Oh, you shouldn't have. Well, shouldn't have or... Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I love it. For our, for our listeners, why don't you tell them what we gave you? It's a Potaskew t-shirt. Right, which, considering you designed the damn thing, you should have one, so... It's, it's pretty good design. I like it. Yeah, some some it's dude came up with it. I don't know too much about the guy, but... <laughs> I will cherish it forever. Thank you, guys. No problem, man. And then uh, quick awesome. quick shout-out to your wife, Allie, for helping us with the color and size pick. So, oh, really? Yeah. She knew about this? She did know about this. Ah, okay. So, you can go home and yell at her. <laughs> Yeah, she can keep a secret. She didn't say anything to me. Yeah, I reached out to her a few weeks ago because I didn't know if you would prefer a t-shirt versus a hoodie and all that kind of jazz. So yeah. she helped us out. So thanks, babe. No, no problem, man. We we're glad to we were glad to have you as part of the family, and you deserve to have a t-shirt to go with it. No, I appreciate I it. I think man. That's you just great. missed the point that he said thanks, babe, and then you said no problem, buddy. <laughs> oh, did, did he? I didn't even hear it. So there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I guess it's too, so. more than a hetero life mate. Yeah, well, you know <laughs> things happen, but not, you know. You can only see one of my hands right now. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, in that same regard, though, I want to talk about um, our buddy Fumes, who did a live stream yesterday, as he does most days. Are you familiar with Fumes? Have you heard us talk about him? No, I'm not. 
Okay, so Fumes is a game streamer who streams on Facebook, and he primarily plays a game called Super Mario Maker, where you you have all the tools to create Mario levels, like Super Mario Brothers levels, going all the way back to the original Super Mario Brothers up through um, Super Mario Brothers Wii U, I think it is. And there's a couple in between missing. All the 3D ones, so like... Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, for those familiar with those games, they're not in there. But all the side-scrolling Mario games, you can you can create levels. Mm-hmm. And he streams people's levels, and then they, 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 well, they submit the levels, and he plays them on stream. And it, go, it goes from there. Well, yesterday, he streamed one for um, what he called a viewer appreciation, and he was doing a buddy named uh, Soda Bro Gaming. And Soda Bro, while he was playing that, he did something pretty cool that I'm going to show you in Rico. So give me a second here. All right. Is this the guy you play the board games with? No. Yeah. No, it's tough. Oh, Extinct Imperium. Extinct Imperium. Right? I was right. So if you look at our buddy Fumes here, hold on, wait till he sits up. Of course, I picked the clip where he's. Nami, left, right, left, right. That that is a Potescu sweatshirt that man is wearing on live stream to his thousand plus followers. Represent, represent. Now he also gave Potescu some love. Let me see if I can get there. And we ended up getting an average of like thirty-five. Let's see if I can find it. I thought I had it queued up, but I guess I didn't. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's it's great. And I think that it's so happy. Yeah, and like the best part, oh man, man, this is tough. This fumes I dare Nah, I can't find it. Alright. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting it. Yeah, looks cool. What's that, Rico? I said I his audio was leaking and I couldn't hear anything you were saying if you were saying anything. Oh, I was talking to the audience, so I don't think it mattered. I was just because he 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 gave a lot of love to Rico's rants on this stream. He gave a lot of love to our intro. He loves our intro. Apparently, I was telling him how we were trying to get David Hater on the show, and he was like, "Well, for what purpose?" And I said, "Well, obviously an interview." But then I also told him that if I could get him to do the intro, that would be awesome. So, yeah, I I think that'd be. A goal for every guest we interview, as far as I'm concerned. And then, and then he did his best um, impression of David Hayter doing our in, our intro. So, oh, did he? Yeah, he did. And it, he wasn't doing one serious; like he was totally just fucking around. So it wasn't very serious, but it was fun to watch him do it. And I wanted to show you, but it's clearly not working. So, <laughs> or I don't have it queued up. So whatever, it's worth a shot. It was worth a shot. Yeah. So. Thanks to Fumes for both, pr- you know, promoting the show again, but also wearing the the sweatshirt. Which he also said the other thing he said, Rico, is that's the one from Big Heads, and we haven't seen those yet. He said it's very, very comfortable and high quality. Oh. So, and it's a good price. So, he said all positive things all the way around. It's nice that we are on people's face, neck, and chest, or at least just the chest. Yeah, let's just <laughs> stick to the chest because. Uh, so. Next yeah, up, Prince chest. Albert piercings. Yeah, no. No no Potescu piercings. Well, at least of that kind. <laughs> so, I mean, unless I'll... you want to be through someone's penis, Rico, that's on you. So, Only yours, buddy. Ew! So. You brought it up. I did. 
I did. Hello. Uh, um, so, what are we doing today? We are what was originally going to be a Christmas movie, mar- or not marathon, but tournament. We decided to narrow down to a top four. And we, the three of us, are going to debate which which movie is the most non-Christmas Christmas movie. So, so actually, no, that's not even right. Try this again. <laughs> which of these four movies is the most Christmas movie that's considered to be a non-Christmas movie? That's the best way to phrase it. Or non-Christmas Christmas movie. Yeah, see, movie. it's, yeah. yeah. So, all four of these movies are considered non-Christmas movies, but I consider them Christmas movies. We're going to determine which one of these four is the most Christmas of the four. And the four movies we're going to debate in no particular order are Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, um, spe- specifically Die Hard 1, Lethal Weapon 1, Iron Man 3, and Batman Returns. So those are the four movies we're going to de- try to determine which one is the most Christmas. And I I don't honestly don't know which one we should start <laughs> with. So does anyone have a vote here where we should start? Uh, mm-hmm. I think Lethal Weapon because my immediate reaction is out of those four, that's probably the least Christmassy non-Christmas. How'd you phrase it? The it is the least of the Christmassy non-Christmassy fucking Christmas. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing. Like I was watching through the four of these. Um, I watched three of them yesterday, and and I watched uh, the fourth one last week. And the three that I watched yesterday were um. Well, actually, I watched two yesterday and one today. So yesterday I watched Lethal Weapon and Die Hard, and today I watched Batman Returns. And then last right. week I watched Iron Man 3. And I think I kind of have to agree with you that Lethal Weapon is probably the least Christmas of the four. Mike, <coughs> what do you think? I guess I'm the odd man out. I watched Iron Man 3 for the first time last night, and I thought that was the least Christmas or non-Christmas Christmas m- movie. So, okay, Wait, well... Oh, oh. This is going to be a tongue-twisted episode, question. I can tell you. Already. Oh, it's going to be very twisted, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a side question. That was your first time seeing Iron Man 3, period? Period, yeah. Okay. I haven't been a big uh, Iron Man fan. I saw the first one. I- I've never even seen the second one. And I just saw the third one last night. What did you think? Yeah. I'm just curious of your take. What would you As, think a, as a movie itself, it was okay. Yeah. It was. A, I didn't really care for it too much. I wasn't really big on the uh, Iron Man movies. Like I saw the first one, I thought it was okay. I love Robert Downey Jr., but um, I'm more of a Batman, Superman, X Men kind of guy. So you're more of a DC and yep. an X Men. Yeah, and an X Men. Yeah. Right. We should have had him here for our X Men debate. Did you listen to that? No, not yet. We did an X-Men episode where we talked about all the X-Men movies going all the way back to the one mm. with Patrick Stewart and and in uh, McKellen all the way through Dark, or Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah we I just watched that like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, what did you think of that? Oh, my God, it was terrible. See, I, I thought Apocalypse was worse than Dark Phoenix. Well, they were both bad movies. <laughs> but I, 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 to compare it to which, which is worse... I don't know. Okay, well, not to go off on a whole tangent, but since he's a fan, Rico, I got to ask him one quick question. So, McKellen, Stewart, or Fassbender, McAvoy? I think you got to go McKellen. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I, I like Stewart. McAvoy, Fassbender better as the collective. 
I don't know. I guess just because they're the, uh, the, OG. the OGs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, all four of them are great actors, but, you know, I fell in love with the first movies, the first X-Men movies, I should I should say. say. Right. Well, you've, you've heard our interview with Maddie Granger about those, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought so. Okay. So, getting back to, to-, to topic. <laughs> so... So Mike's vote for the least, and we're going to get into all details on all of these, but Mike's vote for the least is Iron Man 3. Rico, what's yours? Do you, Are we in agreement about Lethal Weapon? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Iron Man 3, it has been a minute since I've seen it. Well, why didn't I you do your homework, motherfucker? <laughs> Shit. Because I was doing other marathons, bitch well, fuck. We, we have a show that we do things for you know just yeah and i you know what <laughs> i i i'm i will say this i am prepped when we're gonna fucking talk about star wars again i did a whole goddamn star wars marathon. i know you did yeah <coughs> dude all your tickets yet I, did. I have not bought tickets yet i'm still waiting on my brother to find out if uh because tradition i've been seeing them with him so i'm trying to find out I'm like are we are, are we doing this again like we oh. went through the whole whole you know Last fucking four movies. Are we doing this again? Not Michael. I'm surprised because usually Michael's your movie movie buddy. Well, Michael as well. But like, I usually will see it. Like Joel will get the tickets and then he'll get one for me and Michael. That's that's how it is. So gotcha. Um, Iron Man three, from what I remember, has more Christmassy shit than Lethal Weapon. And Lethal Weapon, the only thing that's really Christmassy for me that I remember. Is it opens with Jingle Bell Rock? Yeah, and there is a Christmas tree. That's it. Um, There's like lights on the Christmas tree, but that's kind of it. There's no. Know, I mean, it's set in L.A., so obviously there's no snow. It doesn't seem like a Christmassy, feel good movie. But even I don't even remember too much decoration or even anyone talking about the holidays. It's See, Rico, I think I have to disagree with you there because I remember several different sections of Lethal Weapon where there were Christmas decorations besides Murtaugh's house. Like, the building that Amanda Hunsacker jumps out of is decorated pretty heavily. The police precinct was actually decorated kind of heavily. Um, and I think there was even decorations outside of Dixie's house before it blew up. So, to your point there, I, I think I have to disagree, but... I feel like they didn't reference Christmases as much in Lethal Weapon, whereas in Iron Man, well, you Iron know, Man there's opens all... up with New Year's Eve, right? Well, it opens up with New Year's Eve ten years earlier, yeah. but then there's the whole sequence with the gigantic fucking bunny that he bought Pepper mm-hmm. for the present, and so there's at least a direct um, touch on Christmas, whereas some of these other ones, and I think. And I I may be wrong, Enrico. Maybe you remember better than I do, or even you, Mike, since you just watched it. I think yesterday, like you said, but like I think that the pageant that Stan Lee's holding the numbers up at his in his cameo is a Christmas pageant. I think it's like a Christmas pageant for you know like like yeah whatever it is. So that's why I feel like Lethal Weapons less than Iron Man personally. And so. You are in agreement with me. 
Yeah, but I'm disagreeing with your reasons. Like, I agree with you to leave the weapons least, but I disagree with your, your reasons why. Well, I'm... Okay, but you're... Okay, I, I see what you're saying, but... What I'm, say, what I'm saying is Christmas isn't really directly addressed in Lethal Weapon, except that it's just in the background. Whereas, at least in Iron Man, there's reference to, like I said, this Christmas pageant and the Christmas present for Pepper and things like that. That's And, and also the vice president having Christmas dinner with his family when he's being a douchebag, you know. Right, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it just okay. doesn't... There were a couple things that I've forgotten, but ultimately Iron Man 3 still, for me, feels more like a Christmas movie. The irony is that they were both written by Shane Black. I thought they I, were Shane both Black, him. Okay, yeah, they are both him. And Shane Black is very, like, he loves putting Christmas... Like, he's just the action-adventure filmmaker Tim Burton, where they just love to put Christmas shit in, like, either the foreground or the background. Right. Um, like, another one that was on our list originally, but has been taken off, was Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Right. Another Shane Black movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I think that's Rico's point. Which, mm -hmm. by the way... There's a couple of honorable mentions before we get deeper into this debate that I do want to bring up. So why don't we talk about those very briefly? Because we had a bigger list that we were going to narrow down and then just determined it was a little too much. But I would say Rocky Four and Rocky Five, both honorable mentions. To your point, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, bang. Um, what's the... Um, shit, I just blanked. Oh, Gremlins is another one. Um, what was the other one that we had on the list? I don't have it written down because I got rid of most of the list. Die Hard oh, 2. Die Hard 2, yep, mm -hmm. is another one. Cause, and that was a, for those who want a little peek behind the curtain, that was a, that was a hot debate between Rico and I when we were putting together the four for this episode because you were actually leaning Die Hard 2 more than Die Hard 1, if I recall. Well, no, I was really? saying we should have a debate between Die Hard 1 and Die Hard 2. Right. Wow. Right. I you know, I have them go against each other because I think it was the, as we were talking out loud, it was like, well, whoever, whatever the thing is, we don't know how, we don't know how this is going to go, which is why we have Mike involved. But if we were just doing it to the two of us, we were like, it's probably going to be die hard, you know, yeah. against something else. Right. I, I, yeah. And the other one that, that, it occurred to me when we were getting close to today that Rico, you and I didn't talk about, but it I think deserves at least a mention is Ghostbusters Two. Oh, because well, I've seen Ghostbusters Two like once. Well, it, <laughs> it 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 takes place right at the like the be it starts at the like the beginning of December and ends on New Year's Eve. Hmm. So really? like, it's been a while yeah. since I've watched Ghostbusters Two in a while. I yeah. I. I know a lot of people don't like that movie, but I'm not as harsh on that as other people, and I really enjoy it. It's not as good as the first one. I'm not going to pretend that it is, but that aside, and also the trailer for the third one comes out this week. Very excited to see that. Mm -hmm. But um, Wonder Woman trailer is supposed to come out today. I don't know. I had not heard that. I'm not there, saying there no. There was a teaser that. Sorry, this is completely not related to what we're talking about, but it's a. Uh, it was there was a teaser for it yesterday saying there's going to be a trailer today. So oh shit! Well, there you that. go. Yeah. We'll have to check that out later. But anyway, so <laughs> um, 
So those are the honorable mentions. Did, did I miss any, Rico, do you think, or did we cover all the that's ones we that, talked about? That's what I remember. Yeah, I think that's all of them. Mike, can you think of any that we might not have mentioned? I wrote down two. Please, hit me. Um, Edward Scissorhands. See, to me, that's well, not a Christmas movie. It's not even close, because it takes place over, like, six months. It it does, but, it's like, the whole, like, motif is about how it started snowing in this town, pretty much, and it's because of this guy, Edward Scissorhands. Well, because it's, L- it's, like, L.A. or somewhere in California, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And I think it opens Perfect. up with, like, you know, um, what's her name? Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I've never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50. Washington CW. The actress, uh, Win- Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Yeah. As an old woman telling her yes. granddaughter on Christmas night about the story of Edward Scissorhands. Okay. So technically, it does take place on Christmas. Because she's see, telling the story on point, Christmas Day. But see, that was my point is that, that I would consider that a Christmas movie. That is his. I mean, apart from Nightmare Before Christmas, which is also in debate of whether that's a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie. That Edward Scissorhands to me is a flat out Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a contender for this. Of is it the like most Christmassy not Christmas movie? No, it's a Christmas movie that just has some darkness. As far as I'm concerned, it, it, mm-hmm. because every, everything that you listed, I agree with. But that's why we we struck it from the from the list. And plus, it's Tim Burton. He's got three Christmas movies. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Um, the, what was the other one? You said you had two written down. Trading Places. Yes, that was another one that was actually on the list. Yeah. Believe it or not, I just forgot. You're right, Mike. That was on our list. Thank you. Great movie. I've actually yeah, never. Movie. I've actually never seen it. Believe it or not. Really? Why yeah. am I not fucking surprised? <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Damn, <laughs> that's a little harsh. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in hot. Dude, Jamie Lee Curtis is great in it, and I'll give you two reasons why you should see it. Okay. Her left breast and her right breast. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So those are our honorable mentions for this debate. Um, but getting back to the four that we are discussing, so I'm not going to just not talk about them because we're saying this, but we're saying that it, for sure that Lethal Weapon and Iron Man 3 are the bottom two of the four. Are we agreeing on that? I would say yes to that, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. Um, so that brings us to the top two contenders, which would be the obvious of Die Hard and then Batman Returns. See, I, going into this, I was like, Die Hard all the way, number one. I mean, it's a great movie all, already. Um, and obviously I want it to win right. to be number one. But rewatching all these movies... I put Batman Returns as number one. Okay. Just because of the tone throughout the whole movie. It's Tim Burton, obviously. There's snow mm-hmm. throughout the whole movie. And it just has it has that Tim Burton feel. The Danny Elfman music definitely helps. And uh, I don't know. As a whole, I just feel it's the more non-Christmas Christmas movie. Yes. Or, you got, no, you got it right. Okay, That's exactly it. Go. Yeah. We should get a bell. 
<laughs> ring it every time we get it right. I'll put it in and then post. Yeah. <laughs> little jingle bell, yeah. Ding! Um, Rico, what do you think? I, I would agree in the sense that, like, Die Hard, there's, there's no debate. Die Hard has, it's almost a lip, uh, like a joke for Christmas, like, themed. Like, you know, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. It's very tongue in cheek with all the Christmas references. You know, it's, it's, remember in like Home Alone or like Home Alone 2, it's like uh, the, the, you know, uh, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal and a happy new year. The movie that he's watching Mm -hmm. that to me is like a a Christmas diehard type of pun. I could see John McClane, you know, shooting somebody and making a Christmas pun. So it almost is in its own way a satire. The irony, just on a quick tangent, is, and Rico, you probably know this, so I'm not probably telling you anything you don't already know, but that movie in Home Alone does not exist. Both of them. Both of them. Well, yeah, because they do another one and then two. Right. Yeah. What's the movie called? It's like Filthy Angels or something like that? Something like that, yeah. It's it's Angels with Filthy Souls and Angels with Even Filthier Souls. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. I think we talked about it a little bit last year, didn't we, Rico? When we did a <laughs> just did a Christmas episode, I, I believe so. I actually rewatched those. You're giving me shit for not watching the movies that I was supposed to be watching, <laughs> but I rewatched Home Alone one and two. I did that and, and and see them. I did that and still watched the four movies. So I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I also had to watch uh, ten Star Wars films. No, you didn't have to. We're not discussing Star I, Wars. I, you know, fuck you. That's all. <laughs> so, um, aren't we always discussing Star Wars? Well, to a yes, to a. Oh, speaking of which, Mike brought me a present. Check this out. Oh yeah, there you go. Hang on, I'm, I'm manipulating the camera. Pull yeah, it back yeah. a little bit. It's a little pixelated, but oh, what the fuck? It's That's like nice. a yeah, it's a cool little poster, but it's it's nicer than a poster because it's like on like like. It's hard stock, yeah. Yeah, hearts. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Mike. Uh, and it's it's almost it's printed, but it looks painted. But it's really neat. I really appreciate it, Mike. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's really cool. We're actually, Rico. I'm actually gonna put it up here, like for those. I know you can't. Yeah, it's gonna go. We have a for those. Obviously, it's an audio format, but I have a wall of like cool stuff behind me that Rico sees every time we talk. So I'm gonna add it to the wall. Um, add to the collection. Add to the collection, of course. We got the Stan Lee tribute, the Deadpool. You know, it's a nice little thing. Anyway, so are we saying for certain... Well, no, because, Mike, you're saying Batman, right? Batman Returns. Yeah, definitely. Rico, you're saying Batman Returns. Yeah. See, I'm still saying Die Hard. (laughs) So do we want to try to... Because for real, for me, it's Die Hard. Actually, Rico, I'll tell you this. I said this to Mike off air before we got started because I was just finishing Batman Returns as he came over. I have determined that that is my second least favorite Batman movie, period. And I have to disagree. I mean, it's one of my favorites. I, I got to agree with Mike. It's one of my favorites. Uh, but but at the same time, I agree it, it doesn't hold up. Like, no, not at all. See, I don't think the first one holds up. No, I, 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 and I agree with you. Like we did the, yeah. we did the commentary on eighty nine. I don't know if you heard it, but we did a commentary mm-hmm. on Batman eighty nine. And I think I even said in the commentary that compared to what we got after that, mm-hmm. in, and I don't mean in like 
you know, like the, the immediate ones, but like the Nolan ones and even as terrible as Batman v Superman was, the Batman portion of that movie was really good, mm-hmm. you know. So in those incarnations that we've gotten, to your point, Mike, it doesn't hold up, you know. It, it holds up better than most, but here's the thing, like, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin are at the bottom of that list. I would put and Batman I'll, Forever above Returns. I mean, that's that's your opinion, but like, it's my I show, damn it! So it makes it right. <laughs> no, I mean, be grateful. I said you have an opinion. Fuck because, you. <laughs> because it, I could just be a dick and be like, your opinion's wrong. Like, let me mean, instead of me saying, let me you... offer you my opinion, I'm going to offer you my facts. What do you mean You're you wrong. could be? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I missed you, buddy. I really have. The last two weeks without you has not been fun. I missed you. <laughs> I, I Look, I remember watching Batman Returns a ton when I was a kid and being fascinated by how dark it is. And, you know, just the way the penguin was creepy and the weird bile fucking shit leaking so, out of his mouth oh, and so gross. wait can i can i jump in there for a minute because there's something i noticed about the penguin on this recent rewatching. he is i mean look the penguin is not meant to be a likable character as a whole forget the movie just as a whole he's not meant to be a likable character he's a villain i get that but in this incarnation he's outright despicable like i mean like dude in a, and maybe I'm looking at it through a Me Too era, but he is fucking disgusting. Like, he, he's trying to hump everything he can get his hands on. He's been living in the yeah, sewer yeah. for 30 years, so he wants to get his... Uh, 33, actually. 33. I looked, yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked it up. Which he's a fucking shot he looked at 33-year-old. I'm sorry. Well, that's the other thing, right? So it says 33 years later, which would imply... Apply, Mike, to your point that he's lived down there his whole life, but then Bruce does his research, and apparently he was like in a sideshow at one point. Like, if he's yeah. been in this sewer as long as thirty-three years, Mike, just and I'm not giving you shit. I'm just to your point. Mm-hmm. But he, how is he as educated as he is? How is he as verbal as he is? Because like he's got like. The reason we as human beings know how to talk is because we have parents and teachers that that educate us with that stuff you know so if you're living in a sewer with a bunch of penguins you're not learning how to talk or know what you know the how to dress or 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 know what a flipper is like he it doesn't line up you know maybe you know what a flipper is okay i'll give you that one but i mean like well look if if we're tearing apart this this for a minute i'm not trying to tear it apart but i'm just saying it's something that occurred to me let me start with the fact that his parents, one of them being Pee Wee Herman, the other one I don't remember who played her, uh, who played his uh, mom. It's not as famous a person. I looked it up. I don't remember her name, but yeah. she's also a co-star of Pee Wee's Playhouse or, or something. Right? Oh, is she? Okay, I yeah. didn't catch that. Uh, they lock him in a crib. It's a cage. It's not throw a crib. It's a cage. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're talking about the thing when they throw him in, or the thing yeah. that box that he was locked in when he ate the cat. Both. It's pretty much the same thing. No, because one's more of a cradle. The other one's a fucking box. Yeah, they both shit, have yeah. steel bars. The cradle has bars. I don't remember seeing bars on that, but okay. Yeah, I don't remember bars either. He's gripping his flippers through the bars. That's on that pull. That's the 
cage in the house, not the cradle they throw in the river in. Yeah, not the, like the woven basket. Yeah, it's a woven basket. It's almost very Moses-like. Except it has a cover. It, it has a cover. Like well, so cover. did the Moses one. The Mo- If you, yeah. Anyway, well, it's I not a cage. Fucking Moses was thrown in the goddamn river, man. I'm sorry. Well, you because you haven't watched the Ten Commandments yet, like I told you to. But that's <laughs> beside the point. No, it's just I'm just too fucking young. Okay, boomer. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> My point was, I remember, and all right, yeah, you both fucking rewatched it more recently than I did, but I remember that thing having like a fucking like it looked like it had a lock on it. It might have so had a lock. The, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but the maybe point like that I'm making is, how the fuck did the penguins open the fucking thing? There's a, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of plot holes. Well, not plot holes, but there's a lot of like. That's a plot hole. That is okay, a plot well, hole. Okay, I, mean, I was yeah. Plot. You know, like I, it just doesn't. I mean, Selena's all wrong. If we're just tearing the movie apart, Selena is all kinds of. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over. The new year is here, and the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today at our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland. You will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. Wrong in this movie. In what way? Selena Kyle, in her history, forget movies, I'm talking about just Selena Kyle, the character, has been an international thief in almost every incarnation that she's ever existed, if, if not all of them. Not some secretary who goes nuts because she gets thrown out of, you know, a 20-story window or whatever it was. Okay, so they rewrote... I mean, dude, in 89, they made... The Joker, the guy who killed Batman's parents. And if you remember, I had a problem with that, too. So Right. But you you could tweak some of the backstory. I mean, fucking... I don't think Two-Face originally killed uh, Robin's parents, either. No. Look, fundamentally, those... Fundamentally, those four movies are very flawed. You know, you don't get, like, realistic Batman... And when I say realistic, I mean like uh, realistic is not the word, but um, adhere- adhering to the canon, yeah, or comic character until you get to Nolan, and even then there's some some variation, you know. But so, but Anne Hathaway, look for as terrible as The Dark Knight Rises it is, because it's a pretty bad movie. I struggle with that one. But it's not a bad movie. It's just got a lot of. Ugh. Well, compared to the fr- that's the other thing. You're holding those up against Batman Returns and The Dark Knight, and those are just so good that it's it's a it's such a drop off. But and we're getting way off topic. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway's portrayal of the Catwoman in that is about as spot on as you're gonna get for what the Catwoman is supposed to be. Anne Hathaway's Catwoman was was pretty sexy, so. It, not only is she sexy, good... but she's 
accurate to yeah. the character. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Mike. She's incredibly sexy, mm-hmm. but but you know, I will I will say this, and it, it goes with your point. The Selena Kyle in Batman Returns is not so much comics accurate. The Catwoman that is portrayed once the transition is made is very comics accurate. I'll if, give if you that. Can, yeah, but. It's There's... more accurate than Halle Berry's Selena Kyle, which is even well, that's is fucking Selena Kyle. That thing is an, an abomination. That shouldn't even exist. That shouldn't even be called Catwoman. So fuck that noise. But is that the Halle Berry the name was yeah. Okay, I never saw it. It's I char- saw part of it. And it's terrible. Her character's name isn't even Selena Kyle. It's Patience something, and yeah. like I don't know how Halle Berry had the fucking patience to make that to movie? do that shit. <laughs> yeah, but. Dollar bills, yeah, right. Um, but let's let's kind of get back on topic here. Like the listen, even my wife. Well, I watched Batman Returns with my wife. Yeah, and she loved the movie too. And she's like, "Oh my god, she's seen it before, obviously." But rewatching <laughs> it, she's like, "I I forgot how good this movie was." And I'm like, "Yeah, it is really good." No, and I'm I think not- I think it holds up uh, still to this day. Even uh, and the, the first Batman, not so much. But I, this one holds up. I think because Tim Burton did the first one and the second one, right? Yes, just those two. See, yeah. I think uh, the second one, Batman Returns, has more of a, a you know Tim Burton style to it. Even though the Agreed. first one does, but I think they just gave him more freedom. Oh, sure. To the freedom. second one, oh, for, and for it's sure, just fully blown Tim Bo- Tim Burton movie. I will. Like if I can interrupt you for just yeah, a yeah. split second, like the the one thing that I did notice too that it, and okay, first off, I want to acknowledge before I say what I'm gonna say that Tim Burton is Tim Burton, and I lot of respect Tim Burton and and love most of his movies. Sure. I don't even dislike these; they're just not in the Batman world for me as good as some other ones. But that doesn't mean that they're bad movies. Mm. Um. Well, it's kind of hard to compare Tim Burton to Christopher Nolan. I mean... Yeah, agreed, agreed. But the amount of explosions in this movie made it feel very Michael Bay to me. In Returns. In Returns, yeah. That's studio notes right there, probably. (laughs) Probably. More explosions. Because there's that sequence towards the beginning where they're blowing up a bunch of stores with, like, rocket launchers and stuff, and then there's the explosion with the duck... Coming through the floor at Shrek's party, mm-hmm. Catwoman like, in the department store. Right, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily mind the explosions, but the exaggeration of the explosions that I think, like especially the one with the duck coming through the floor at Shrek's party, like people fly like two stories up in the air, like they wouldn't fly like that. Like there'd be <laughs> movement. Don't get me wrong, but it wouldn't be like that, you know. And they're all fine. Which is another thing that happens in Michael Bay movies. People get thrown like three stories and they get up and walk away. Dude, real life actors almost die in Michael Bay movies. True. Well, that's because he's a terrible filmmaker, but that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> look, the last good Michael Bay movie was Bad Boys 2, and I'm not even saying that's a great movie. Oh, uh, I will agree with that. So. um, But to me, the... Getting back to the point of this whole conversation, where does Christmas play a role except that it's a time of year and the tree lighting? The tree lighting, I will give you guys, 100%. But 
beyond that, where does Christmas play a role in this? See, I think the background of Christmas is a character in the movie. I'd say it's more of a character in Die Hard than it is in Batman Returns. If you're going to go that route, I could give you more examples of it being a character in Die Hard. Yeah, I mean... Rico, you look like you were going to say something while Mike's thinking. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Penguin has a stocking stuffer where he's, like, giving Max Shrek a bunch of shit. He pulls out a bunch of shit, like, Hair, I'm Fred's hand! That whole thing. <laughs> right, but but he... So he pulled it out of his stocking, but he could have easily just pulled it out of, a, like, a sack. He didn't reference Christmas. He didn't talk about the fact that the stockings, you know, like, his Christmas stocking. He just had a stocking he pulled it out of. Because it's not... It's going with what I was saying earlier about how Die Hard is self-referencing that it's Christmas and they're making Christmas jokes. Whereas Batman Returns, they're they're not pushing that like, oh, here, I have a present for you to unwrap kind of joke. Right, but what's, what's the setting in Die Hard? What is the, the base setting in Die Hard? It's a Christmas Eve party. Bingo. I win. <laughs> no. Because Batman Returns is set during Christmas, too. Yeah, it opens and, up with a Christmas lighting. But this is Christmas, Christmas is Eve at a Christmas party for the company. So? Plus all the costumes. so? What? The costumes in Batman Returns are more Christmas-themed. People are wearing, yeah, like, the, the the one girl who's lighting the tree. Well, the Ice Princess is sure because she's lighting the tree, but that's the only one. I don't know. I, I just to me, the it fucking just feels... party at Shrek's is a Halloween party. It's a masquerade ball. It's more of a Halloween party than a Christmas party. All right, I will give you that. But that's that was all about like how fucking no, Bruce I get Wayne yeah, and, that was and Selena are not wearing masks. That's right, I get point. I get that symbolism for the purpose of telling the story, but from a Christmas perspective, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> well, because it's. All right, you, you make a fair point. I will give yes! you that. But <laughs> hey, that doesn't necessarily mean you fucking won. Mike I is deciding. That's why we have him here, because you and I are going to argue until the end of time, until one of us just gives up. And say, fine, <laughs> fuck it, you win, you piece of shit. Yeah, basically. That's why we have Mike here. Yeah, if we're judging based so, on uh, the movie, or the date the movie takes place on, Batman Returns is probably you know, a week before Christmas. Maybe even a month. I mean, the way the way they do look, like getting off, getting into the real world for a minute. The way they do Christmas now, it's fucking on November first. True. Because fucking Thanksgiving doesn't exist anymore. But that's a whole another soapbox I could stand on. Mm-hmm. When would a big tree like that lighting of the tree happen? Okay. In 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 all fairness, they just did the one in my town this past Friday. So that's the first week in December. Okay. So. We we establish it's in December. I will also add that, and nothing against fucking L.A. or California, because I live in California, but Gotham looks more Christmassy because it has the ability to have snow. Okay, just just because it snows, it makes it more Christmas-like? It's a huge factor. Huge factor. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm saying that I live in California. Okay, but... But to to Rico's point, like, I lived in Phoenix for a year. It still felt like Christmas, even though it was 75 degrees out. 
Right. But as a viewer watching a movie, you look at Batman Returns and you say, I get the Christmassy vibe. Whereas when you're watching Die Hard, you see Christmas ornaments and shit everywhere. And that is how they have to replicate the Christmas vibe. You look yeah. at snow, you immediately think of a blizzard, which or or, or Christmassy shit. See that you, think, you know. But, well, I was just gonna whereas, say that, that that argument I would apply more to Lethal Weapon than I would to Die Hard. Because to your well, point Lethal about Weapon and Die Hard are pretty are 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 mirror images in their own way of each other. Uh, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say I would say so. I don't know about mirror it. Well, maybe. They're pretty much both They're action, related. Both action they are movies in set in Christmas time. Right, but Die Hard still feels more like a Christmas movie than Lethal Weapon by a long yeah, shot. Definitely. Agreed. Definitely. Agreed. They're both in the same they're both in the same family. One of them happens to be more into Christmas than the other one. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I we can agree we can all agree on that for sure. And judging by like exterior shots between like Die Hard and Batman Returns, like when you're seeing like what's going on outside of the Nakatomi Plaza, right? You don't really see any Christmas lights or anything or anything like that. Agree. Except, except when they go to his family's house. But yes, I yeah. understand what you're saying. You do get more Christmas in the exterior <coughs> in Lethal Weapon than you do in Die Hard. I will give you that. Yeah. Because there's multiple but, scenes where you see decorations in Lethal Weapon versus yeah. Die Hard. But to that same point, they don't really leave Nakatomi. Except for like twice mm-hmm. in Die Hard. To your point, Rico, if we were just debating between the two, I would give you Die Hard two over Die Hard one. The only reason why, I was wait, 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 b- before you get that, because I, I know where you're going. The only reason why I would pick Die Hard one over two is to Mike's point. <sighs> <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Going back to Edward Scissorhands about the OG. I think it was his hands where you said that, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. It's the OG, like, you don't get Die Hard 2, obviously, without Die Hard 1. So, you know what I mean? Like, it allowed him, it allowed, because they were both directed by McTiernan, wasn't it, the first two? I, I think, think he just did the first one. And then he came I back for the third? Oh, was that what it was? I might be, mm-hmm. you might be right, Mike. Rico, can you confirm? Because you usually know that shit. I can not confirm, but I will double check. All right, which, by the way, I'm going way off topic for a split second. Rico, that's one of the things that, like, I gave you a lot of credit for in Fumes' stream the other day, because I was there, and Fumes was giving us a lot of love for our movie knowledge, and I said to him, I said that the show would not be as knowledgeable without you in terms Ow. of movie knowledge, so. I, I appreciate you uh, you being nice to me. Um <laughs> Fuck you, dude! I said, "Damn!" No, I'm, I'm saying I appreciate you being nice to me. You must know that you you might lose this round. Um, oh, wow! Uh, directed by Rennie Harlan. The, well, I'm sorry. Say that again, Rico. Rennie Harlan. For which one? I'm sorry. 
Die Hard 2. Okay, so it wasn't McTiernan. To, to Mike, you're probably right, because I think McTiernan yeah. came back for the third one. That's what I'm saying, right. yeah. Which explains why one and three are better than two. Like, I like two, but I, I think... I like two, yeah. For me, for me, Die Hard with Avengers is the best one, but I actually like Live Free or Die Hard a little bit better because I'm a big computer tech guy, so that whole thing with Justin Long and yeah. hacking I that and whatnot... Good too. I like that. Yeah. Not I haven't seen the... Cameo. What's that? Not to mention the Kevin Smith cameo. Not to mention now, but that's not why I like it. Like, I, I actually like it for a lot of other reasons beyond that. But you're right, Rico. That's a that's a factor. Um, I haven't seen the fifth one yet, but I hear it's not very good. So I'm pretty I sure tried. the fourth. I really tried. I'm pretty sure the fourth Die Hard wasn't originally supposed to be a Die Hard movie. They wrote the script or whatever, sent it in, and they're like, "Let's make it a Die Hard movie." That's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. I could I, be wrong, but I think one of the diehards wasn't supposed. I thought to, wasn't that was the third supposed one. to be. A I thought die it was movie. Die Hard with a Vengeance, honestly, because I thought I'd heard that about that. Maybe. Was well, that actually, the Russian one? To, to go in, they, they all were actually written as not to be a diehard movie, then became a diehard movie. Even the first one. The first one is technically intended to be a sequel to a Frank Sinatra movie that came out. Like in the oh. late sixties. Of course, it's a Frank Sinatra sequel. So, so there was a movie called The Detective, where Sinatra played a detective, and his name was like Joe Leland or something. And in The Detective, you know, he's, Sinatra was like fifty fucking fucks years old. So <laughs> they they took the literary. Source I love of it the when you do that. Uh. Ex- expanded it and re like wrote the same character into the basically the plot of Die Hard. And then they were originally it was like, well, Sinatra's too fucking old to reprise his character. Well, fuck it. We'll just change the name. And so that's that literally John McClane is a prequel slash remake slash whatever of a (laughs) Sinatra character. Okay. (laughs) Which basically means the force awakens them. Right. Um, we still need to sort this out, though, with Batman Returns and Die Hard, because I don't... I, look, if we're going strictly on votes, I already lose. <laughs> but, like... I think Mike is going to be fair, but I, know, I Mike think... Mike is fair. Yeah, of course. That's why we asked him to be here. But... yeah, Just overall tone of both movies, I gotta go with Batman Returns. <sighs> I... I mean, I, I will say, CJ, you, you made a very good argument for, for Die Hard. And, and I'm not like trying to, I don't have, I don't have any. Walmart like, says it's a Christmas movie for what that's <laughs> worth. I don't know if you saw that uh, meme, but yeah. It's definitely a Christmas movie. Yeah, they're both Christmas movies. That's yeah. the point. That's why they're on the fucking list. But, and I have no personal thing of like, I really want to rewatch Batman Returns and do a commentary or Die Hard. I could do either one. I could have done Lethal Weapon. I could have done Iron Man 3. I, I could have done all three as well, or all four as well, of course. But, you know, so we're going to disappoint. I don't have anything personal. We're going to disappoint the- Jess, because Jess has been begging us to do the original Die Hard for like a we're year. We're going to have to do them all at some point. I mean, yeah, of course. You know. But for this topic, I got to say that with the addition of snow and for it to really not be a Christmassy pun type of movie, 
makes it feel more like a Christmas movie. Uh, I mean, Batman Returns. I'm talking about Batman Returns. But when I get it, that. But why, why, why do puns automatically make it last? It just makes it seem forced because it seems like they're trying to make it look like a Christmassy movie. They're making jokes around the Christmas time, whereas in Batman Returns, there's really not too many characters making puns or making quips about the fact it's around Christmas. It just happens to be at Christmas. In the same vein, rewatching uh, or replaying uh, the Arkham video games, Arkham Origins is set at Christmas. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It feels like I'm playing a Christmassy game. Because it's snowing through most of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's snow. It's and the, the the music has a very jingle-esque Christmas. Okay, hey, save some of that because we have a special coming up about that. So save some of that. Okay, but that's my point is that there there's both Christmassy elements to the music of Die Hard and Batman Returns. But for me, Batman Returns seems... It's very Danny Elfman, and right, it's very to your to your music it, point. Then that, and I'm not saying I think this, but just to your 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 music angle that elevates Lethal Weapon because there's quite a bit of Christmas music throughout that one as well. True, but we already dropped it, unfortunately. No, I, so. no, I get that, and I'm not saying I'm making a new argument here. I'm just letting you know that if you're that that's your angle, then we have to rethink things because all right, so. Unlike Rico, <laughs> for the two of us doing a weekly show, we are vastly unprepared compared to Mike whenever he comes to this. And we've said this before. He showed up with a fucking, you know, legal pad. I Yeah, show Rico, because usually he can't see it. But show Rico this, this pad. Just notes fucking galore. Like, I mean... I just take little notes when I'm watching it. So we sat down... I, the, and knowing you were coming, Mike, like whenever you come on, I, I do try to take some notes because I want to at least be pre- prepared. So I did take some notes on Die Hard and Lethal Weapon for that matter. Um, Die Hard, you know, it takes, like, I, and I, some of this I've already argued, it takes place on Christmas fucking Eve. I mean, like, it's right there. And then on top of that, you know, it's during the Christmas, com- the company Christmas party, and then all, and then above and beyond that, when they get into the limousine, McLean asks Argyle for Christmas music. And he puts on, now he puts on Run DMC for, you know, if you want to argue if that's Christmas music, but they did, they did do a Christmas song about Christmas in the Hollis Queens, which I actually love, but that's, you know. Great jam. Yeah. So, like, you, are those the puns you're referring to, Rico? Because, like, those are real things, though. I mean, the only pun in the whole Die Hard movie is the now I have the machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. I, I would agree with you, Mike, that that's my point. That's the only real pun. The rest of it's, like, very Christmas-based, whereas, like, even when Batman Returns, while it's better than Lethal Weapon or Iron Man 3, it still feels very tangential, except for the, the tree lighting scene where they try to frame Batman. I think I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it this way because Gotham is not a real place. Uh, it, it kind of loses this round, but visually for Batman return, it looks the most like a Christmas movie. 
let me let me just I agree with that. Reiterate it looks because Tim Burton has that talent of making the go- dark gothicness and the ch- Christmas cheer kind of mesh well, a la right. Nightmare Before Christmas or Edward Scissorhands or sure. Batman Return. Whereas in the real world, like Die Hard, which is set in L.A., that would be a thing. There, there would it would be people getting. You know, traveling across the country from where they just were covered in snow, presumably in New York, wanting a little bit of Christmas cheer, wanting not to see the sunny skies. They want like, hey, can you play some Christmas music? All right. So So, I'm I'm, I'm backing you up here. Just let me finish my point. No, my my fault. Go ahead, buddy. So visually, Batman Returns looks the most like a Christmas film, whereas I would say Die Hard is the more realistic if you're living in LA and you got to go to a fucking office Christmas party, it, then it, it wins the round in that aspect for me. And, and yeah, I'm saying I, I completely changed my opinion, but we're arguing two separate things. It looks the most Christmassy for Batman returns. Whereas Die Hard is the most realistic turn event type of bad uh, type of christmas scenario does so that make sense? it does it does and here here's what i'm gonna do i am <coughs> gonna throw because there are no rules to bodice you let's throw a monkey wrench in the whole fucking thing you ready i'm ready is die hard 2 better than all of them no a better movie altogether? no no in terms of being a non-christmas christmas movie no die hard no. Well, let me ask you this. Is this going to be, would this now have to be like, oh, well, we all of a sudden have a surprise winner. It's going to, we have to do a commentary of Die Hard 2. Is that what it, you're leading towards? It could be if we, if we agree. Yeah. That would be such a decide. fuck you to be like, hey, we're going to do a commentary of Die Hard, but not the first one. No, we could still do Die Hard and we still will, but let's strip all this down for a minute to your point, Rico, and you mentioned this earlier. All four of these movies are good enough to warrant us doing commentary because, fuck, we did Aquaman. If we did Aquaman, we can do these four fucking movies. So yeah. it's it's not to say neither none of them are, are worthy of a commentary. My point is, <coughs> based on all the points that both you and Mike have brought up, and they're all valid. I want to say that to both of you guys. Like, I'm not shitting on any of your points. Because they're all valid. Does Die Hard 2 beat all four of these movies? See, I have to go back and watch, rewatch. Not in Die terms Hard of quality. 2. We're not talking quality, Mike. We're talking in terms of Christmas. Yeah. I, I, from what I remember. Because Rico, to your, let, me, let me give you my argument why. And Mike, I know you said you need to rewatch, so I will do my best to try to like mm-hmm. re, you know, get your your memory back. But it takes place at Christmas. It may not be Christmas Eve, it's but it's Christmas close. Eve two years later. Is it Christmas Eve? Yeah. Okay. Two years later. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. I'm for real. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's it Christmas Eve. Year? I think it's a year. I do think it's a year. Because they do, I think at one point they say last year in Nakatomi Top Plaza. I think that's actually a phrase that's uttered. So I'm going to go with a year. Okay. Um, not to really split hairs with you, Mike, but I think <laughs> that's important. Um, but Rico, to your point about Batman Returns, 
it's in DC, so now there's snow. And there's a lot of fucking snow. Yeah. You know? So you and the airport is fucking decked out in Christmas lights and decorations and all that shit. And overrun. It's it's crazy chaos because right. it's and, and no one's trying to get a flight. As someone who has traveled on Christmas, now not on Christmas Eve, but I traveled on Christmas, I was the twentieth. It was still fucking nuts. So I mean it only gets worse as you get closer to the twenty fifth, of course, but you know, as someone who's traveled at that time of year, it wasn't that nuts, but it was pretty bad, you know. Right. So maybe Die Hard Two beats them all. I, I mean, you make a again, you make a fair point. It does. It visually looks like a Christmas film more than Die Hard One, whereas Die Hard had to overcompensate by, you know, putting decorations everywhere. Right. Well, but it was a Christmas party. Like it was again, a Christmas party. Yeah, to your but... to to your original point, Rico, and I don't mean to interrupt you. I apologize, buddy. But from a decoration perspective, from strictly that criteria, Lethal Weapon is more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard because there's more decoration in Lethal Weapon to me. Now, that's the only thing that makes it better than Die Hard in terms of Christmas. That's it. That's like, like the only thing. But I would argue that if let's say that you were watching Lethal Weapon on TV, yeah, and you missed the opening theme, you yeah. missed the first five minutes, you would be like, "Wait, is this set during Christmas?" Well, like that's not how <laughs> yes, you react because we, there's this scene towards the end where they they fucking there's a whole sequence at Murtaugh's house and the Christmas tree and yeah. Christmas presents. So yes, you could, but I get the point you're making. But yes. Whereas I think watching Die Hard 2, you'd be like, I think, again, I, it's, it's sort of a, an argument I'm latching onto, but I do think this, the visual aspect of snow makes a big part of it. You know, snow and ice and everything is so synonymous with Christmas that when you see it in a movie, you get that feeling that this is around the holidays. It yeah, may not be December, but it may be at least November. Whereas you can imagine we might get a scene in this movie of someone cracking, <laughs> you know, open some nog and or eating a turkey or or I fucking or love Jim eggnog for what that's worth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I really have it. I don't you think had it? Think Are so. you for real? Uh, no, nah, it looks gross. I don't know. If I don't want that. It does it's, look gross. It's a and, fucking and milkshake, is yeah. what it, it is. It's an alcoholic milkshake. Yeah, I'm good on that. You don't I think. have to. <laughs> Doesn't and the name doesn't really fucking help either. To be honest, you're a nog. <laughs> Fuck you, nog, nog, you nog. Nice, nicely done, sir. Thank you. So my point is, uh, yeah, Die Hard Two, Die Hard Two doesn't have to try as hard to look and feel like a Christmas movie, whereas Die Hard has the Southern California aspect where they they're putting in your face that this is during the holidays, right? That's so that if goes we, with my argument for Batman Returns as well, which is the Christmas is not in your face. It's okay, yeah, it's definitely the tone is more underplayed in Die Hard and Die Hard One and Two and Lethal Weapon. Batman Returns, everywhere you look, there's Christmas going on. But so is Die Hard Two. I agree with you in one. Oh, Mike. See, I, I, Die Hard Two, they're in like an uh, airport tower. Or but whatever. it's 
decorated the fuck. Uh, it really see, I is. I, I, I don't remember. In Die Hard 2, there's a whole lot of them on the plane. And there's yeah. no Christmas shit during on the plane. No, it's not as much on the plane as you think it is, because it's only Holly on the plane. McLean's in the in the terminal. And then they're in the church. The terrorists are in the church. I don't think the church is decorated with Christmas lights. Yeah, outside it is. It is? Yeah. Okay. I mean, when William Sadler was naked doing his kung fu moves in his hotel room and then like quick draws to turn off the TV with his remote, nothing Christmassy about that. I don't remember that part at all. Are you sure you're watching the same movie <laughs> or are you watching like the porn parody? I'm telling you, there's a part where William Sadler... Who's like the guy from like Shawshank? Shawshank. I know who you're talking mm-hmm. about. And he's also the to, to link it all together. He's a president in Iron Man three. Oh, yeah. oh there you go. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. Um, he he is in the movie as one of the henchmen. He's like the head henchman. He's, he's the, the head, head guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows him like in a hotel room or something watching TV, and he's like naked, and you mm-hmm. just see him like muscled out and thin and wiry, and then he like does these fucking Tai Chi moves and then he quick draws his remote to turn off the move to turn off the TV. And I'm like, what the fuck is this got to do with the movie? Okay. Well, I don't remember that. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was like his introductory scene. To, to your point, by the way, Rico, if we're going to link movies together and it, and, and this goes back to an honorable mention, but coming to America could be considered a Christmas movie. I think. Yeah, but, Coming to America only has like a one piece segment <laughs> of Christmas in it. Yeah, no, 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 I'm, no. I'm I'm stretching, Mike. Yeah. I get that, but I'm saying because the only reason why I bring it up is John Amos is in both movies. John, yeah, John Amos is the head of the SWAT team that actually was in league with the terrorists. And he's uh, also the uh, head of uh, he's also Mr. McDowell. So I, I I know I'm stretching. I get that. I'm not trying to argue with coming to America as a Christmas movie, but it's 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 at least in the winter, and I think it comes close. But that's to your point, Mike. It's not no, it's not worth like deep discussion. But it does link together with Die Hard too because of John Amos. So I think the West Coast Christmas backdrop is just throwing me off. So I'm an East Coast guy. No, we no, we are, Mike. You and I yeah. are both East Coast guys. So, Rico, like, I know we came into this with four movies, but do we really want to, like, maybe consider two, Die Hard 2, as the winner of this thing? I, I don't think I am a fair person to vote for this. I think that's why we have Mike for this. Well, no, you have, no, you're a fair person to vote. Yes, we brought Mike in to break a tie. But I, I still think that you do get a vote here. And based on the conversation we've had through all four of the original movies and then adding in Die Hard 2, as much as I love Die Hard, I think 2 might get the victory here. Um, I don't Come know. from behind victory. Yeah, right? <laughs> like A scratched horse wins the race. <laughs> like a Russian collusion type of fucking victory. No, don't like, turn this political. <laughs> Fuck you. Don't do that. I, I'm sorry, but it's like we had a Hillary, we had a Trump, and then all of a sudden, boom! Here's Bernie! Like, Fuck like, you, dude. Don't do that. I mean, look, I, I don't I don't know how to move forward from this, which is why no, I was No, I, like, I asked you a question. I'm asking you to give me an answer. Give me the question again. Is Die Hard 2 
more of a non-Christmas Christmas movie than the the four of these put together. Not put together, no. but but if we added it a fifth and it's Die Hard two, does it beat the other four? I I would still probably have my vote for Batman Returns over Die Hard two. Okay, but I was Die Hard two. Over, over Die Hard One, okay. I just think I I get more of a Christmas vibe from Batman Returns than I do of I mean, again. It's been about probably four to five years since I've seen Die Hard Two, but it's been pretty recently since I've seen Batman Returns, and I still like I let me let me break it down this way. Oh God! <laughs> Out of all the movies that I would want to watch during Christmas, like we all have those Halloween movies we watch at Halloween, sure. Christmas at Christmas. Yeah, I would watch Batman Returns over Die Hard Two, and that in is in effect thing is my final like that's my final argument is okay. I would watch I would watch Batman Returns well over any of these other films during Christmas. Okay, Mike, adding Die Hard Two into the mix, where's your vote? I'm still with Batman Returns. Well, then there's our winner. There's our winner. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to. Although, I I think I've come around on Die Hard two being more of a Christmas movie than one, and I love one. Listen, Die Hard's the greatest movie. It's probably one of my top three movies of all time. Obviously, well, heading die- into this, I was like, Die Hard is my horse. It's gonna win. <laughs> but then we watched Batman Returns, and I was like, Oh my god, this is totally like a more better Christmas movie non-Christmas Christmas movie than Die Hard. I was like, See, here's the thing about Die Hard in general. Forget Christmas for a minute. Mm-hmm. Take that out of the equation. Die Hard spawned a whole generation, or no, not generation, excuse me, a whole genre of movies in of itself. Sure, sure. Because you have Die Hard on, on a bus, Speed. Mm-hmm. You know, you have these different movies, Die Hard in a phone booth, phone booth, which is a great movie, but you have the... The archetype of Die Hard in these different movies. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like they 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 came from Die Hard, but to our our debate and our argument, it seems like Batman Returns has won. Yeah, if we're going by overall, I just got to say Batman Returns. Yeah, even adding in Die Hard too. I'm just asking again, Mike. I mean, off the top of my head, I I would have to go back and rewatch Die Hard too. To make a fair comparison, sure. But what's the matter? You fucks, you didn't do your homework. Well, <laughs> it was a last minute entry, so okay. So our next commentary, Rico, is Batman Returns. All right, and let's let's reiterate: we're not saying we're not going to do a commentary of Die Hard. At some no, point. we want to do it. And and now, even more than ever, I want to rewatch Die Hard too. Like that's the best thing that you could have <laughs> gave me. It was like. I really want to rewatch Batman. I mean, uh, Die Hard too. Um, so th- this has been an overall fun episode, and oh, we're and not done. Like I, I have another question. Water. We're not close yeah. to done here, but I, I, I wanted to just settle the debate. The other thing, Rico, that this inspired me to do is for Fourth of July this year, we're gonna do Live Free or Die Hard. Oh, I, I, I'm fine with that. Because that came out. That's a, that takes place on the Fourth of July, so that's gonna be our Fourth of July thing. Yeah, and there's no debate. We're not fucking debating about which is bigger, um, uh-uh. a more bigger Independence Day movie, Independence Day or Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah, we, Mike. I don't know if you heard, but we, 
And it was a rough episode for Rico. We did Independence Day and Independence Day, what's it called? Resurgence or whatever? What's it called Retro- again? It, the fucking whatever insurgence? the sequel was that they did. We did that for a 4th yeah. of July episode and Rico fucking struggled through that episode. Yeah, I've never seen that one. It's, it's, heard shit. it's okay. So, Okay, so we've debated, we, we've settled the debate, and it seems like di- the Batman Returns is the winner. So, congratulations to Tim Burton and Batman Returns and Michael Keaton and anyone else that deserves, you know, uh, celebra- celebration. Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. I'm Swanson, host of the TV Tuners podcast. Every week on TV Tuners, me and my co-host, Keo Rain. Swanson, I need water. And Stairmaster. <laughs> Review the latest in TV and discuss news, trailers, and even find time to play some fun games. Right now, we're working overtime to cram as much TV knowledge into our brains as possible. Isn't that right, guys? We've been here for 24 hours. We need to get out of here. Not until you answer who Norm is. He's Fraser's brother. Wrong. You get the shock. Check out TV Tunes, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or any of the podcatchers of your choice. My next question to you guys. Fuck you, Rico. My next question to you guys, and this is individual, so this is there's no right or wrong to this. I want to know what your favorite Christmas movie is, period. Not non-Christmas. I want to know what your favorite Christmas movie is. I'm a fan of uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Really? I don't know if it's my number one. Well, what? Give me your number one. I mean, that, I'm, I'm that's trying to think. Not like, a, the first uh, thing that came to my head was it's it's a wonderful life. I'm not shitting on your answer, Mike, but think about it for a minute. Give me your number one if you have one, if you can think of one. Well, that's the first thing that came to my head. My uh, Rico? Um, I mean, I've got a couple. I don't have a number one, but I have like a bunch that I watch during like... Well, I do too, but what's your try to try to narrow down to number one? We can talk about the others. And I'm not saying we won't, but try to narrow down to a number one for me. I have a number one. Like I'm like you, Rico, buddy. I got a couple I watch every year, but I do have a number one as well. Uh, I really, it's it's probably Nightmare Before Christmas. That's more of a traditional in my in my own personal thing. I rewatch Ever Before Christmas usually every Christmas. Okay. Like without usually without fail. Yeah. Okay. You you too, Mike? Oh, I was just like just judging by like tradition, I always like watching It's a Wonderful Life every every year. I don't watch it any other time out of the whole year. Once it's on TV during Christmas time, I definitely love to watch it. And I'm with you, Mike. There are certain movies that I won't watch out of certain seasons, and mm-hmm. not just Christmas in general. So I'm with you, buddy. I agree yeah. with you. And for me, it's Scrooge. I was going to say, Scrooge is up there, too. And but, The Christmas Story. Well, wait. But you've never seen that. <laughs> I No, I have seen it, and I hate it. Oh, I okay. don't like it. Gotcha. But, <coughs> wait. No, what did you say? Because I want to make sure I heard you correctly. What did you say, Mike, prior to Christmas Story? I said I agree with Scrooge too. It's Scrooge, it's in my top three. Yeah, the Bill Murray movie. Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm just making sure we're no because you can leave that duh off, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it can lead to other movies. That's why yeah. I wanted to make sure we're on the same page. Well, the That's original on. is called A Christmas Carol. It is, yeah. but I just want to make sure we're on the same. Yeah, because a lot of people call those Christmas Carol movies Scrooge, right. even though they're not the Bill Murray movies. Right. That's why I just wanted to ask. Um, 
Because Rico, if you remember from the last episode you were on, which was the Steph is Skewmoot episode with Steph, um, she's not a big Bill Murray fan. And I'm not saying anything negative on Steph in any capacity, but like she said that she's not a Bill Murray fan because she doesn't like Bill Murray being Bill Murray, if I recall. Well, and I, I agree with her. I'm not a big Bill Murray fan either. I didn't think you know, I knew that, honestly. No, no I've, t- I've said that. Um, there are movies that I like him more in, but I'm not the automatic, like, oh, I love Bill Murray for the sake of him being Bill Murray. Oh, well, sure. Um, sure. Like, really? I I really loved his performance in What About Bob? See, I've never seen that, actually. What About Bob is... Is great. He's a fucking. I know, no, I know that. I know the 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 concept, and I also know that. Um, oh fuck! What's his name? Dreyfus. Dreyfus is fucking ins- insufferable in that movie. Apparently, I yeah. But he, I would also like. I really like his performance in Groundhog Day. Yeah, Groundhog Day is Which, a solid movie. I've actually only seen part of that. Believe oh, it or not. Oh man! You Once you watch read- it once. You'll never stop watching. It's it's really good. On the flip side, that movie feels like a more of a Christmas movie, even though it's not at Christmas. Yeah, just because of the snow. What I'm <laughs> and saying. He's making snowmen, great hot chocolate. Which movie again? I'm sorry, I got distracted for a second. Groundhog's Day. Okay. Feels more like a Christmassy movie without. At being at Christmas. That's the ultimate irony. It's the flip. I gotta be it's honest with our Christmas audience. Movie. First, Sorry, Rico, go ahead. It's the most Christmassy not Christmas movie. <sighs> oh, that's a <laughs> tough one. I gotta be honest with our audience for a minute. I, I've, Rico, you were out last week because you were sick. I, I made that obvious on the air, so we're not hiding that. I'm not feeling great this week, but because I have all the equipment, I, I need to be here for us to record. And so I've been downing a hot toddy, and I haven't eaten today. So I'm feeling a little happy right now. i got to be honest with you. Um, I'm not Christmas, uh, Christmas cheer. A little bit of Christmas cheer. It's not, like, it's not like New Year's Eve, and I will never let that happen again. Jesus Christ. That was terrible. But... But to go with your point, we were talking about Bill Murray for yes. some reason. No, no. Well, because because of Scrooge. Scrooge is my oh. go-to Christmas movie. I, I, to your point, Mike, about a Christmas Carol. I've been, I've grown up on Christmas carols. I'm sure a lot of people have that are involved in this conversation as well as listening. Um, I, I can't speak for other people, but I was introduced to it through the, the Disney version with Mickey and Goofy and all them. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think I've ever seen the Muppet one, which is interesting because I love the Muppets, but I don't think I've ever seen that one. That's Steph's go-to. And, and and there's nothing wrong with that because I love the fucking Muppets and I probably should watch it. But I've, I never, now, now that Disney owns Muppets, for lack of a better word, then I probably should. It's probably on Disney Plus, which Rico we can get into because you went. We as Potaskew have signed up for Disney Plus and have shared it with everyone involved in this conversation, so we can get into that in a minute. But, um, getting back to the the Christmas Carol, Scrooge is the one that 
I guess for me, the Disney one was the one that fit as a kid, and then as I got older, this you know, as I became an adult, the Scrooge one is the one that mo- the one that spoke to me more. Do you know? I mean, and I get, and maybe that just comes with age. I don't know, Mike. You and I are the same age. Talk to me. What do you think? As far as like traditional, well, transitioning even from something like the Disney one, even if you've never seen it, but something from that that vibe to more of a Scrooge. I mean, I haven't really watched any of the other versions of the Christmas carols, but like, you know, like Scrooge is my go-to Christmas carol. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, there's I, nothing wrong with that. I'm yeah. just, Rico, what do you, what do you think? Oh, I was never a fan of Scrooge. Um, I, because I of think Bill I, Murray? No. Um, I, I, because I didn't watch it a lot. I know, I think I only watched it for the first time. God, I want to say like two or three years ago. I think I mentioned what, it to you last hmm. year in our Christmas episode too. I think, and it may it, that may be like maybe I had to watch it because you had brought it up. I don't remember. I remember right. not seeing Scrooge the majority of my life, and then having to. So I've only seen it once, not just the one time. I will say that the one who what comes out and sticks with me the most of that movie is uh Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Yeah. Because I you I mean, I'm a fan of a guy who's got a weird voice. Well of course and for him to be like, Oh, what are you doing? I'm gonna shoot you old still just like doing his voice. Because I didn't know that that guy actually sounded like that shit. So for him to like run and do that voice, I was like, this is fucking crazy. But he doesn't though. Like if you hear him interviewed, especially on like Joe Rogan, he does not talk like that. No, like no, that's no. definitely he, a character. It's like, all a character. It's all a character. It's a, right. It's a total character. But that's but for someone who has only heard that voice from impressionists, sure, and from like Hercules when he voices the one little demon things, yeah. I didn't know. I mean, I knew Bobcat Goldthwait was a filmmaker, and I've seen a bunch of his films, and I really like his films. So mm-hmm. for me to like watch Scrooge, not know this dude was coming out of nowhere, and to hear that voice be like, "Holy fuck! Is that the little demon thing from fucking Hercules?" That, 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 <laughs> right, that motherfucker. You know, it's funny, and Mike, this might come to the age difference between you and I and Rico, because you and I are the same age, and Rico's, you know, substantially younger. My first introduction to Bobcat Goldthwait, and I don't want to go off on a whole tangent, but is Police Academy 2. 100%, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where he was first introduced, I think. I think you might be right. Yeah. Have you seen that, Rico? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, the first one I remember pretty clearly, but all the other sequels, they all bleed together. The second one, well, is it the first one? It might be the first one. He might be right. I, I think it, I don't know. I think it is the second one. I have to look now. I do have to look. That's going to irk me. So give me a second. Because I think the second one is Citizens on Patrol. No, that's, that's like four. St- oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That I know for a fact. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's all jumbling together. <laughs> well, we're we're getting old, Mike. <laughs> our, our minds are going, buddy. Um, I will add another, on the flip side, another Christmas movie that I do enjoy watching only please. on Christmas. Is uh, Elf? See, you guys hate 
Will Ferrell. I fucking hate Will Ferrell. Yeah. Dude, oh, no, 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 no. Let me rephrase Elf that. Elf is a Sorry, great Mike. movie, dude. I don't interrupt you, Mike, but like, I don't hate Will Ferrell. I'm just not a fan because right. hate's a strong word. I true, don't hate true. the guy. Very true. But I, uh, I'm not a big fan. We'll put it that way. No, I agree and I, I agree. Elf is a great Christmas movie. I agree that I don't like Will Ferrell either, but he is fucking magical, if not incredibly annoying in that movie. But that's the point, is that he right. is the, he's that dipshit that loves Christmas so much. And we all have one of those guys that we know who just like becomes overly jolly and overly like, hi, Merry Christmas. You're like, fuck, it's, the, it's not even December yet, bitch. Like, calm down. What are you going to ask Santa? What? What? what are, <laughs> So, well, I mean, that's, that's the charm because I grew up without really, we talked about this on last year, but like my dad was right. Kind of anti-Christmas. Well, and, and for, for those who may not have listened to last year and for Mike who may not have heard it, refresh people. Why very quickly. Um, my dad was raised as a Jehovah's witness. So from the age of, about 8 to 18 or 10 to 20, whatever the fuck it was, he didn't have Christmases. He didn't have birthdays. He didn't have any of that shit. But he left the church when he was 18 to 20, but the the whole not having that childhood of Christmassy opening up presents and the tree and shit lingered with him. Now, my older brothers and, my, and ultimately my older sister, they're half Jewish. My brother is more raised traditional, uh, you know, Hanukkah and, and bar mitzvahs and shit like that. Whereas my sister didn't really have that. She would just happen to be half Jewish, half Italian, but mostly Italian. Right. Um, I don't even know if she was like, I, I don't know if my sister Livia was raised with the Christmas traditions or anything like that. Right. I know it wasn't from my that's, I mean, I, I, I'm sure I could say my sister's name. I don't think okay, be that just checking. Go ahead. I, I see you were like, are you sure? I'm like, whatever. <laughs> um, but so that's why, but I got that from my mom's side. Right. Pretty rampant. But, um, and my, and my dad was very understanding. Like my dad was like, not the ex Jehovah's witness turned atheist. Who's like, we're never going to go to anywhere near Christmas. Like he was not. Right was not Scrooge. Like, we had family friends who decked out their house with Christmas trees and ornaments and lights and presents. We well, would go and have dinner at their house. Well, and, 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 and maybe this is a better debate for another day, but I would say this point in society, Christmas is more than a religious holiday. Yes, that's where its, it's roots come from, but it's become more about celebration than religion. You know what I mean? So even if you're even if you're not religious, you celebrate Christmas because it's about being with family and sharing gifts and that whole aspect as opposed to the religion. Not to say religion has been completely removed because I know plenty of people that are very <coughs> religious about Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa respectively. But, you know, Christmas, the word, has become more synonymous with the giving of gifts and spending time with family as opposed to religion. I agree with that. Yeah. 
and, and that's sort of how I grew up because I didn't grow up religious in any aspect, even with my mother's side, right? Which would have been more likely to be religious than my father's side. Um, my mom was never, never did any of that. Uh, you know, praise Jesus. Like I think my mom there was one year where we went to church one night, and I was like 21, 22 years old. And it's because my grandma was going and my mom wanted to be there for our grand, my grandmother, her mother. And it was like one of those late night Christmas Eve churchy fucking masses or something. Even though my grandma yeah. wasn't Catholic. Um, Catholic and religion remember, tends to do a midnight mass for those who that but, are. So, but she wasn't Catholic. So I don't think it was Catholic mass, but it was okay. just a church. It was like a Lutheran okay. late night. Type of thing. They might do midnight masses too. I just grew up Catholic, so I don't know. I don't, yeah. you know, and I don't think it was midnight. I think it was late, but I don't think it was midnight. But that, that the whole point was, I was fucking livid. I was so bored to tears. I was angry, and I, I my atheism has. I'm still a devout atheist, and but like but I was more really. I feel like you're more understanding of other people's religious beliefs. Just because you don't share them doesn't mean that you're as against them, I, I think. I think my, my issue is I understand why people believe. Sure. And and as long as it makes you a good person, please don't stop believing. Because yes. if, if it makes you a good person, then great. If it makes you a fucking hateful bigot, <laughs> then go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, so, agreed. Agreed. But that's yeah. my point is that unfortunately that does go hand in hand with religion. Um, but my whole point I was saying was our religion is Batman for fuck's sake. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. We're taking <laughs> Batman returns. Batman returns. You know my, what? I'm, yeah, but I think at that time I was more anti-church than anything. And I think just being in a church, I was very... Like, I can go to a wedding. I can go to a bar mitzvah. I can go to a funeral. I'm not going to fucking be like, this is some bullshit. But I think at that point, because I was dragged there, then my my mood was not good. Okay, so the the last question I have for the night, and I think could be a good place to start wrapping things up, is we had the four movies that we debated for our commentary, and then ultimately a fifth. But outside those five, do you have a favorite non-Christmas Christmas movie? Die Hard. <laughs> Which is fine. If if it's one of the five, that's fine. Now, is is let me ask you a follow-up question. Is the question that you're asking, is that a movie that I would watch only around Christmas out of those five? No, it can be outside. Actually, it's outside of the five is what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, like like uh, some of the honorable mentions that we mentioned, but it doesn't have to be any of those. It could be one that we didn't think of. You know, uh, is Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang would would be up there. Actually, okay. See, for me, I once I realized it was qualified for this list, it would probably be Ghostbusters too. You know, it it you know if we're taking it outside the five, you know. I have very little memory of Ghostbusters too. I highly recommend you go back and watch it, Rico. I really do. It's like I got a fucking paint, like a dude, the villain is a painting. Is that what the fuck it is? Well, it, the spirit is in in in, in the, case he's trapped in a painting. Kind of, yeah. 
but it's not okay. trapped. He's more of um, what's the word like I'm looking Dorian for? Gray? What's that? A Dorian Gray type of thing? No, it's not a Dorian Gray thing. It's more of like he's he's possessed the painting as much as trapped in it. Yeah, but he can't escape until the baby. It's all weird, and I'm not saying it's great, but it's one of those ones that just kind of like hits home, you know? Oh yeah, it sounds like a fucking Christmas classic. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> um, to to wrap everything up here, we've decided that Batman Returns still wins that Christmas debate movie. That's the one we're doing our commentary on. Yep. Yep. All right, so Batman Returns will be our next Christmas, our next commentary, whether it be this year or early 2020. Um, and off we go. Uh, Mike, thank you, brother, for joining us as always. Yeah, man, it was good to come back. We've, we've missed having you on. We got to have you back more often, for real. Like, you got to come back more yeah. often. And I'll actually, try, I'll try if, my hardest. If, if you're available and you want to come back for the commentary, maybe yeah. you can come back and watch with us. We'd appreciate it. Definitely, man. Um, Rico, anything you want to say before we head out? Give me the final word. Um, Always. CJ here with a few thank yous and to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Podiskey is a member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit their website, bigheadsmedia.com, and follow them on Twitter at bigheadsmedia. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for our artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for our closing music theme, Askew. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Come on to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. David! If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com listen. That's thefarmersdog.com listen.